0: read from Matthew chapter 21, the end of Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 45, and reading through chapter 22 of Matthew's gospel, verse 14, this is the Lord Jesus speaking to a matter that is at the center of Psalm 45, which is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the text for our uh, sermon tonight. So let's read from Matthew 21, beginning at verse 45. I'll read here at a pretty good clip, so let's let's give our attention to the reading of God's uh, holy and inspired word again. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, Well, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And again he sent other servants, saying, tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention, and they went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. And the king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy, so go therefore to the main roads and invite the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went into the roads, and they gathered all whom they found, both bad and good, and so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came and took a look at the guests, he saw that there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So far the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Will you bow again briefly, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. From Psalm 45, from Matthew's Gospel. We pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand your word and we would receive it as it is in truth and that you would make meaningful application of it in our lives. We need your help for this, O Lord. So we ask for that good gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's 2021. Happy New Year. So I suppose the natural question at the turn of the calendar is, first of all, to ask what are we looking forward to this year? And then maybe after that, to say how are we getting ready for what lies ahead? Let's take that first question first. What are we looking forward to in 2021? Well, whatever else is on our minds and hearts, right at the top of the list is, we're looking forward, hopefully, to the end of the pandemic and its fallout. And I have no interest tonight in arguing with any of you who disagree with me about the nature of the pandemic or not, and the responses that have been taken toward the pandemic or not, and all of that. But whatever you, however you read the situation, that we have endured over the last nine months. We are all looking forward for it to be over, either by late spring or early summer. We hear people talking about that. What we want is a return to normal, a return to a kind of health and freedom that we are used to, that we are comfortable with. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. Let 2021 bring normal life again. I daydream about it all the time. I feel like I'm in a bad dream. You probably feel like that to some degree, too. I look forward to seeing my son, for example, back on the Little League baseball field. I look forward in 2021 to happier times, if the Lord wills. Psalm 45 is about happier times. It's about one very happy time in particular. Psalm 45 is about a wedding. And it's not just any wedding, Psalm 45, but it is a royal wedding. It is the king who is getting married in a ceremony for the ages. It is a wedding that is not unlike in terms of its anticipation leading up to it and in terms of the pomp of that extraordinary wedding. It is not unlike, if you're old enough to remember, the wedding of Lady Diana Spencer to Charles, Prince of Wales in July of 1981. I remember where I was when that happened. I was in a motel room in Arizona on vacation, summer vacation with my parents on one of those old boxy TVs with bad reception. But I was amazed as a six, seven year old boy at uh, the pomp and circumstance of that wedding. You know that over one billion people from 74 countries around the world watched that wedding and were mesmerized. And some of you that are too young to remember, maybe you've been watching The Crown recently. I heard a couple laugh, somebody's watching The Crown. Okay. So that wedding and their whole relationship is being replayed in front of the eyes of the world. And in Psalm 45, we have a royal wedding that even exceeded the glorious wedding of Charles and Diana. And if you were at this wedding, all of your senses would be engaged and you could close your eyes and uh, even imagine it if you want to do that tonight as I describe it. There are, all of your senses were engaged. There's the sight with your eyes, the things you could see. You would see the groom. And the groom was dashing, pleasing to the eyes, handsome. And he was wearing his most luxurious robes. And he was holding his gleaming scepter while seated on his magnificent throne. And by his side, of course, is the bride, the queen. And gold is woven into her dress, and there are gold accents on her dress affixed to them, and she is regaled also in her invaluable gold jewelry. What a sight to behold. And they are both smiling. And you not only see things, but you hear things. You're taking it all in. Your ears are engaged. The bridegroom king, sometimes he speaks. Sometimes he speaks out loud and cracks a joke and makes everybody enjoy the occasion. Sometimes you hear him whispering words of love and friendship to the queen. You can't make out what he's saying, but you you have an idea of what he's saying. He's talking to her about how much he loves her and how much he's thankful to God for her and about how excited he is that he could go down life's pathway uh, together with her. Everything that comes out of his mouth is charming. Charming, not in the manipulative way, but as the Psalm says, He has grace upon his lips. It means he's well-spoken. He's dignified. His timing is good. He's charming. He's winsome. And that's because of what's in his heart. Because out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. He has the dignity of a man of character. And you know that when you hear him talk. He is upright, which means he loves, he's a good guy. He loves things that are good. He loves being good. He loves promoting what is good to others but more than just being upright. The psalm says that this groom loves righteousness and hates wickedness. That means he uses his power as a king when he considers laws and policies, and when he executes those laws and policies, and when he adjudicates disputes among people that are having problems and they can't decide what's right or wrong. He loves righteousness. That means he is fair. He is just. He watches out for the oppressed. He never takes bribes. And on the other hand, he hates wickedness when things are offensive to God and destructive to society and things are wicked and therefore destructive to other people. He hates that. It offends him because it offends God. And this is a man of substance, you see, of weight and of character. And when he speaks, you hear it and you delight in it. You hear him laugh. You hear the queen laugh with him and at him. He's a humble guy. He takes it. He's meek. He enjoys it. He enjoys his limitations. He knows them because he lives before the Lord who alone is infinite, awesome. You're also hearing live music. The music is swelling. Played by internationally renowned first chairs from royal music companies and their orchestras. All parts of the known world have sent their Best musicians to play at this wedding to honor the king and the queen. You see things, you hear things, you can even smell things. You can smell the myrrh, which I understand is like a, like an earthy licorice, black licorice, uh, type of a, a smell, and the cassia, which again I understand, I'm told is like a mild cinnamon type, fresh. Scent and it's emanating from the robes of the king in particular, which of course he's like wearing cologne, is what we would think of it, but, but it's really there and designed to fill the whole hall with warmth and peace and to raise the celebration to the next level. Later on, you'll touch things, you'll eat and drink the finest of fare at the reception, at the banquet, and you will dance to celebrate the Lord's goodness and the love that is bestowed upon the happy couple. These are happier times, Psalm 45. The happiest of times. One of the highlights of life, especially this royal wedding. But a royal wedding of this magnitude, of this wealth and of this wonder, can only be a prophecy of one thing. And that one thing is the wedding ceremony that is in the future, even to us. It's the wedding ceremony of Jesus Christ to his bride, the church. Psalm 45 is about the happiest time, which is the wedding at the dawn of the fullness of the new heavens and the new earth. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, the new heavens and the new earth began, if you want to say it that way. But the fullness of the new heavens and the new earth is what we long for. And I'm telling you, the scripture is telling us that the happiest time, the time that we look forward to the most, is the wedding of King Jesus to his bride, the church, when all of the pollution and corruption is behind us, when all the ups and downs of this age is behind us. When behold, he makes all things new. When we are raised into our glorified bodies and we don't even have temptation to sin anymore and sickness and death are not even on the radar but a distant memory that we've been healed and raised and to give thanks to God for his love and faithfulness to us and that he has fulfilled all of the promises that he has made in Jesus to us. This is what Psalm 45 is about. In Matthew 22, Jesus said it like this, which we read. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, which by that he means the new heavens and the new earth, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king, meaning his father, who gave a wedding feast for his son, Jesus. In Revelation 19, the apostle John was given that vision of this, this wedding ceremony. He said, After this, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God for His judgments are true and just. And then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord, our God, the Almighty, reigns. And, and not reigns in the sense that He already reigns, either... We're talking about the Father reigning in all of eternity as God. Of course He rules and He's in charge. Nor even are we talking about Jesus who has ascended to the right hand of the Father, sits on the throne and is reigning now, and is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the ruler of all the kings of the earth. It's even better than that. When they say that the Lord God Almighty reigns here, what they mean is that the fullness of the new heavens and the new earth is here. He's fully expressing His reign and His goodness. So let us rejoice John says, receiving the vision, let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. And the angel said to me, write this, for blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. Loved ones, do you know, I know you know, but be reminded tonight, do you know, this is where history is going. This is how it ends. Everything that we experience in this age is just the precursor, the preparation, the time before the wedding ceremony and celebration of Jesus Christ and his church. Can you imagine that we will be there as the beautiful bride? All of history Loved ones is driving at this date. So let's say we get back to normal in uh, the spring. Best case. Let's say we get back to normal. Or delayed a couple months the summer of this year. Normalcy is great. Mostly. Well, sometimes. For most people. But one man who wrote about this psalm said this. He said, in the modern materialistic world, there is the distinct danger that we forget the greater future, a future outside of our immediate and perceived needs. He says, there is coming the consummation of human life. It would say, an existence beyond our imagination of flourishing in joy and satisfaction and peace and holiness and purity, cleanliness, everything firing on all cylinders, of enjoying the Lord's creation to his glory. There is coming that consummation of human life and joy. It is certain the date is set, even though we don't know it, the date is set, the invitations are out, and yet, he says... We often settle for the gratifications of the purely materialistic this world and this age. And we must be careful, he says, of the spokesmen of this world and this age who nourish no further hope than what this world offers. Even in the spring with the vaccines and the summer, when we hope all is well. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7.31 that the present form of this world is passing away. So if we put our hope and our heart in the things of this age, then what happens? We become more base, and we become more shallow, and we become more offensive to God. And we become emptier inside. Wouldn't it be a shame to feel the exhilaration in 2021 of the end of the pandemic, but to be blinded by our temporary happiness and relief? Be blinded to the things that really matter. Be blinded to the certainty of our a glorious existence by the grace and power of the Lord Jesus when we tend to Him at the wedding supper of the Lamb. It would also be a shame in 2021 if we are disappointed and we faced disappointments this past year, not just the pandemic for some of us. Wouldn't it be a shame if we had to suffer along with the pandemic unexpectedly longer and indefinitely, or other things happened to us that took away our joy of relief from the pandemic, wouldn't it be a shame that if that happened that we would become overly discouraged and anxious? It's because pandemic, no pandemic, normal, not normal, great earthly blessings in 2021 or other difficulties that the Lord may send our way in 2021. We should be looking forward to the wedding and set our hearts on our king and our rock who will preserve us and take us there. So what about that second question? It's the new year. How are we getting ready for what lies ahead. Well, we all know how uh, some people are preparing for the end of the pandemic and those happier times. The Washington Post reported that if booking trends hold up and coronavirus cases continue as they would project to go down, masses of travelers will take to the roads and to the air and to the rails and to the sea in the summer of 2021, with a swell of travel expected to stretch well into the end of the year and beyond. Dozens of travel companies and organizations encompassing cruise lines, tour operators, travel agents and resorts, they all said that they're seeking bookings, uh, seeing bookings now, pick up for the second half of next year after this brutal stretch that brought the world to a standstill. In other words, people are planning and working hard on how they're gonna live come the happier times. They're taking the difficult time to plan for the happier time. Well, Psalm 45 is also about us getting ready for the happier time of the wedding ceremony and the supper of the Lamb. Psalm 45 is not just pointing us to the happier time at the wedding feast, but it's talking to us about how to prepare while we live in the world and in the age that is definitely going to that party. Did you notice how the Psalm moved? from the ceremony itself to kind of backwards in time. And it happens in verse 13, I think. But you have the the picture of the wedding ceremony. Then in verse 13, you get right before the wedding ceremony where the princess, who will become the queen, is in her chamber. And it's her dressing room. And she's getting dressed. In fact, she's on the cusp of being fully ready when her attendants will join her and be led in the joyful procession uh, on into the ceremony, into the presence uh, of the king. And there are uh, a couple of ways that she positions herself as she enters into her new life as the wife of her royal husband. And the two words to describe it are uh, she, she has allegiance to him, and uh, the other word is that she uh, is deferential to him. Allegiance and, and deference. Her allegiance is e- easy to understand. It says, you know, forget your people and, and forget your father's house. So on the one hand, you know, leave your father and mother and go cleave to your husband. You know, their ways, she's probably the princess from, say, Tyre. You know, their ways, their religion, uh, their, their marriage, their life, you're, you're moving on into a new family. So you come and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob along with the Israelite or the the king of Judah here. And your allegiance is also you're leaving behind any of the other men who would be pursuing you and desire you to be their wife, but but you're going to marry him, so you forsake all other lovers and you cling to him as long as you both shall live. She is showing allegiance. She's also showing deference. The psalm says... Bow to him, for he is your Lord. About and was, We don't do this today. Unfortunately, we should have some of this in our culture. You know, the, the wives, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger, okay? The wives, basically, they should have a posture of deference and reverence to the husband. Why? Because the wife is a picture of Christ, of, of Christ's people in their submission to the church. So when the wife shows reverence and speaks with gentleness and quietness and submissiveness and dignity, carrying herself before her husband. She is a picture to the husband of his own submission, along with her, to King Jesus, that we all must show. He is your Lord, lowercase l, bow to him. Speak reverently to him. And, And when we read of this, attitudes, allegiance, and... And, and deference that she has toward her husband at this happier time. It speaks to us of, you know, on our way to the wedding, when we're in our dressing room. This is what history is right now. This is what going through the pandemic is. This is what going through difficulties in our lives is. This is what going through celebratory times in our lives and blessings and good times and normalcy is. All of it is us being in the dressing room as the bride getting ready to go out to King Jesus at the wedding supper of the Lamb. And so we should cultivate that heart of allegiance to King Jesus. Now, that's what we should spend 2021 doing. If there are people who make us choose between them and Jesus, we always choose Jesus. We want to love everyone, no matter who they are and what they believe. We want to love them more than they ever loved us because of how God has loved us. We want them to see God's love uh, to them and and to us through how much we love them. But we will always love Jesus more, always faithful and loyal to him. If people are pulling at you, loved ones, trying to, to pull you away from Jesus, you stay with him. And then we have all kinds of competing inputs in this age, we have social media. You keep looking at the phone. You keep looking at the phone. And you keep turning on the TV and you keep hearing this person and that person. And but and in the best case scenario, all the inputs that we keep receiving and everybody talking at us in this age, the best case scenario, the people are true and they're good, but, but they're always limited. And they can never be our unfailing source of guidance, direction, comfort, and the ones who make us prepared to go through this life and to uh, dress right and to be beautified perfectly to go before the king. There's only one place to go for that: to love God's input more, to meditate on His word in all the ways that it comes to us publicly through the means of grace and also privately. So we meditate on the Word of God and think about the Word of God and read about the Word of God. And there are competing schedules, priorities that are always trying to get us. Work, work, recreation. There are many good gifts that the Lord gives us in this life, but our allegiance has to be always and first to Jesus. That's what beautifies us to Him. And then worship. Worship. We, we're not just deferential like a, husband, like a wife would be to her husband, but we worship the Lord Jesus. Which means, loved ones, first of all it means that you must trust Jesus for the forgiveness of all of your sins. If there is anyone here tonight, maybe you're listening to all this, whatever, your basic thought is like, I don't know, I'm not good enough, I'm not as religious as the other people in this church, God will never accept me. Maybe you're somebody 2020, things got away from you. Let's be honest. Cultivate some bad habits. You feel the pull of the world. Sinful straying. Let me tell you. You know what it means for you and for me to worship Jesus? First of all, it means to trust him for the forgiveness of all of your sins. He loves you so much. He's not going to let your sin get in the way of receiving you at that wedding. Bow reverently to him. Worship him for he is your Lord. Capital L. He loved you and gave himself for you. Trust the Lord Jesus who justifies the wicked. Don't doubt his forgiveness, his patience, his compassion. With Jesus, there's always tomorrow, always. And then your worship, not only leaning on him for his love and grace and forgiveness all of your days, but your worship is the actual worship that you do when you pray to him. 2021, for those of you, and there are many of you, I'm sure, who have been, had very faithful habits of prayer from the time that you were born, really, because that's how you were raised, and you've continued them and built on them, loved ones, the Lord would say, that is beautiful. He loves seeing that, continue in that faithfully, but here's a challenge for you, if you're, if that is you, find somebody in your church family here, or find somebody who's a neighbor or a friend, and maybe, Invite them, help them to pray. And if you've fallen down in your prayers, as sometimes many of us do, 2021, it's the time to get dressed. It's the time to get on our knees and to pray to the Lord. Maybe here's a tip with the phone. I'm trying this now. No phone. No phone in the morning before scripture and prayer. And that's fine if... If uh, I gotta help Lena do this and that, or I gotta help John do this and that, get ready for school, fine, but no phone. And when I'm done helping Lena or done helping John, nothing else, and definitely no TV or phone or computer, don't go to the work desk, none of that, before scripture and prayer. Worship the Lord this is what we should be doing in the dressing room. And, of course, it's, it's public worship, too. You know, you don't get married in private. In Christian weddings, we have the, the assembly together. Why? Witnesses and mutual encouragement. We don't just worship the Lord in private. We worship Him in church with His people. And some of you, maybe it's time to make the good confession and swear publicly in church your allegiance to the Lord Jesus. That your life is committed to Him, not just from your parents, but for you. And you want to make this good confession in this year that he's given you before God and his people. Profession of faith, beautiful. Those servants, Jesus said, went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. Interesting, doesn't matter who you are, what your past is like. But the wedding hall is filled with guests. Jesus said the king comes in to look at the guests. He sees there's a man who has no wedding garment. Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? The guy was speechless. (laughs) We'll enjoy the wedding as the bride when we're wearing the proper garment. You say, well, what's the garment exactly? Well, it's the allegiance and worship of Jesus, okay? Let us rejoice and exalt, John says, and give him the glory. The marriage of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. And the fine linen, John says, is the righteous deeds of the saints. Put it on. In 2021, allegiance and worship. The world is going somewhere. It's going to the wedding supper of the Lamb. We should spend our time here getting ready for it. Mary Oliver, the great American poet, poem 133, The Summer Day, the last two lines, very famous. She says, tell me, tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I plan for every day that God gives me in 2021 and beyond to get dressed for the wedding. May God help us in our allegiance and worship of King Jesus. And may he bless you in 2021. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, all-glorious, you have called and invited us to the wedding supper of the Lamb, and our hearts long for it. Make our hearts long more for it. The longer we live, even with blessings in this life, we see their limitations. And certainly we feel the burden of troubles. But there is something happier that is certain. And we pray that you will help us to enjoy your grace and blessings, enjoy your promises of that great day. And that by your compassion, you give us more and more of real life, strengthening our union with Christ, that we go about getting dressed for that wedding. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that back half of Psalm 45. So 45a is our closing song. Five through eight, which is the call to the church uh, in a manner of speaking to dress herself for the great wedding feast. We'll stand to sing five through eight. Receive the Lord's parting word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Amen.